Well, hello, Anthem. Uh, Bert Alcorn here, and I'm here to introduce you to our teacher for today. Now, as you guys know, throughout the month of July, you're going to be hearing from some incredible teachers who are going to be depositing and encouraging and building us up as a church as we continue through our series in the book of Proverbs. So our series in the book of Proverbs is all about how to live wisely in our exile. And what we've been doing is we took a few weeks at the beginning to really understand some big picture concepts. And and what we're doing today is going to continue in that. And then in the next few weeks, we're going to zoom into some case studies, what wisdom applied looks like to areas of speech or finances or family and relationships. Uh, And then at the very end, we're going to zoom back out and figure out what it looks like to actually implement this stuff for the long haul into our lives. But today, I have the honor of introducing one of my really good friends here in Ventura, Steve Ross. He is the lead pastor of Arise Ventura. He's been a dear friend to me since he's moved to town. If you've been hanging around Anthem for any length of time, chances are you know him, you've heard him preach before, we've done combined things like Good Friday and Christmas Eve and serve projects here in the city together, and I cannot say enough good things about Steve, and I'm so glad to be watching along with you guys what he's going to be speaking into our church today. And so let me just pray uh, a prayer of invitation as we prepare to hear the things that the Lord has put on his heart. So Jesus, today we make ourselves available to you. Uh, Holy Spirit, come. Would you help our minds and our hearts be pliable to your word? And would you help us to receive the things that you have for us today? In the name of Jesus, amen. Hey, what's up, uh, uh, Anthem fam? Uh, it's good to be with you. Uh, to be able to jump in and be here and bring the word to you is a privilege of mine, and I'm grateful for it. I remembered this time that I need to wear all black, so uh, I'm sitting in Bert's place, and uh, that's fun for me. We're, we're really grateful for the partnership we have in the city and uh, just for you guys' witness and example of, of gospel ministry and also the partnerships that you represent even outside the city. So thank you. Thank you for giving me an opportunity to be here with you. Uh, we're going to talk today from the book of Proverbs. Proverbs chapter three is where we'll be. And I was saying that it's interesting. I've been reading the book of Proverbs every day along with the calendar and to be here pre-recording on July the 3rd and it be uh, Proverbs three that I have a sermon that's prepared for. It's kind of a fun thing to be able to rise and to wake up and to uh, read the text in the way that I have, just following along with the calendar date for probably the last 16 or so years. Um, And so as we jump in today, we're going to talk about the blessings of wisdom and the blessing of wisdom. Um, In scripture, wisdom is this thing that's inextricably tied from the fear of the Lord. It's it's tied to a reverent worship and an obedience to God, a, a relationship that's characterized by togetherness, uh, that, that gives us to say, I am on mission with the Lord and the things that he desires for me, the things that he wants me to do, the places he wants me to go are, uh, the things that are my ambition. So I'm about my father's business. Well, the thing is, is that wisdom is this thing that is tied to that and you can't find it outside of that. 
And so we're going to explore wisdom. It's the reason why I read the Proverbs, right? Because it starts with the fear of God. And if you were to turn over to Proverbs chapter nine, you'd actually see, right, that that wisdom or the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And so I know that I need to start with him. If I'm going to know how to live right, if I'm going to know how to uh, operate uh, with skillful living, if I'm going to know how to um uh, work in into uh, or how to uh, engage in life and and to make correct decisions in various situations, then I need to first and foremost say, I want to honor God with everything that I do in every area of life uh, before I even get there. And so the fear of the Lord, right, again, is that reverent obedience and submission to God. And what I want to say is that today we're going to learn that when you fear God, you will begin to live right. When you fear God, when you revere him, when you surrender your life and you submit to him, you will begin to live right. And there is blessing in that. There's a lot of blessing in it. So what I want to do this morning is encourage us to explore what that, those blessings are and, and how we can gain God's wisdom and why it's priceless to us. In fact, we're going to uh, turn to Proverbs chapter three with me and let me just read it here. Uh, we're going to be in verse 13 down to about 18. I'll read those in our hearing and then we'll go on uh, with what our points are. Proverbs chapter three, your subheading might say wisdom bestows well-doing. If you're reading from an English standard version like me, it says, blessed are those who find wisdom, those who gain understanding for she is more profitable than silver and yields better returns than gold. She is more pro- uh, precious than rubies. Nothing you desire can compare with her. Long life is in her right hand. In her left hand are riches and honor. Her ways are pleasant ways and all her paths are p- peace. She's a tree of life to those who take hold of her. Those who hold her fast will be blessed. As we look at God's word this morning and we explore these verses and kind of just march through them, I want us to see five ways in which God's wisdom is priceless and why that's a blessing to us. And so if you're taking notes, we're going to have five very specific uh, uh, points for why and how God's wisdom is priceless to us. Let's take them one by one. The first one is because of the profit that it yields. I don't think I have to talk to you much about what profit is or maybe profit sharing or what it means to profit in business, what it means to gain something based on maybe a deposit or investment that you've done or some work that you've done, right? Uh, You know what profit is. Uh, But here's here's the thing is benefits of wisdom. The benefits of wisdom are called out in verse number 14 to be more profitable than silver and yielding better returns than gold. Uh, some time ago, I was looking at how much gold is worth and how much it costs and, and how much, you know, I might be able to afford. And it's like, yeah, 20 pounds, right? If you get, if I could just get a 20 pound, uh, bar of gold, that that'd be enough, right? If I could just have that. Well, the reality is, is that's worth more than $400,000. And so in order to get just 20 pounds, I need to be able to have that much money. So needs to say, I don't have a 20 pound gold bar, but, but here's the deal. Wisdom is said to be more profitable and yielding a better return than gold. And it's talking about all the gold. It's not just talking about the amount of gold that my son could hold in his right hand. It's not just talking about a gold bar. It's talking about all the gold that there is. Wisdom is more profitable to you. It yields a better return to you than gold and then silver as well. Here's the deal. 
The word for profit in the Hebrew is actually a word that is used for counting something up. And it's talking about like counting things up to a high degree. And so when we look at profit, it's not just the, f- the fact that you're going to get something back, but it's that there is a, a almost a, a innumerable amount of, of profit and return. It, it is, it, it's infinitely valuable. It has a greater return because it has a higher um, dimension of profit than even silver and gold. Wisdom is, is counted up as being much more valuable. And it gives you a better return, right? You want to know what else scripture says uh, that it exceeds silver and gold? It's not just wisdom. It's the word. Psalm 19, instruction from your lips is better for me than thousands of uh, pieces of gold and silver. I love your commands. I love them more than gold. Even the purest gold, the psalmist says. He talks about God's word as instructions. He says they're more desirable than gold, than an abundance of pure gold and and sweeter than honey dripping from a honeycomb. God's word is more valuable than silver and gold. And and if you were reading along with uh, the Proverbs calendar, you would have come across the last couple of days. You'd just be overcome by this. You can't get around it. The profit that God's word would would uh, bring to you, even just in the last two days. Again, I'm reading. I'm on, this is July the third, right? So between the second and the third of this month, looking at Proverbs two and Proverbs three, here's what I run across: Wisdom understands the fear of the Lord. Who wants that? I do. Wisdom understands righteousness and justice. In these days, we're all asking the questions. What is just? What is unjust? How do I get, uh, uh, you know, how do I lead through injustices? How do I exercise, uh, you know, what, what the ministry that God would be calling to me to in these times? And it says that wisdom understands that, right? It says wisdom opens the heart. It's pleasant to the soul in verse 10 and verse 11 in chapter two says wisdom uh, has discretion that watches over you. You go to verse 12, it says wisdom delivers you from evil. Verse 16 says that wisdom delivers you from lustful temptations, right? You come down toward the end of the chapter of chapter two, it says wisdom causes you to walk in the way of good and to keep the paths of righteousness. As we turn into chapter three, before we even get to uh, verses 13 and following, we see that wisdom leads to favor and good success. That's profit. It leads to favor in the sight of God and man. It makes your path straight. It heals you and it eliminates fear when you come to the end of chapter three. If nothing else, very relevant for us to consider the fact that with injustices, right, that are happening in our day, and the, the fear that is uh, being promoted in uh, the, 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 the general kind of news specter and because of all the pandemic and, the, and, and things that are going on, what I find is that if I go to God's word for wisdom, I won't be afraid. It's not even like investing my gold in this day and hoping that it might return something, uh, but being fearful that I might actually lose out on it, lose out on my resources because the economy, this or that is, it's nothing like that. It's, it's a certain promise that wisdom and the pursuit of it brings a blessing that's higher than any of these things. It gives us and it offers us more profit than anything. And it even eradicates fear. Are you afraid today? Are you fearful today? Seek God and his wisdom because it's profitable. The second point is that it is precious, right? It's precious in nature. Verse 15, 
would actually say to us that she's more precious than rubies. Nothing you desire can compare with her. Nothing you can desire can prepare with her means that uh, uh, wisdom is, is precious because it's, it's likened to a ruby, yes, but because anything that your heart desires and longs for, anything that you prize, anything that you, 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 you desire deeply, anything that you know is valuable and it's rare and it's costly and you're just committed to that thing, wisdom is worth more than it. It's more precious than it. And it is to be more precious to you. It's to be more treasured, right, to you. You think about rubies and other jewels, they're regarded as, as valuable. In ancient times, they were regarded as extremely valuable, right? And extremely rare. It wasn't like a surplus of a store. I just drove down Hill Street in downtown LA and come up against the Diamond District and it's all beautiful down there or whatnot, other than the fact that, you know, right now all the windows are broken out and people got masks on everywhere. But you, you're in the jewelry district. You know that here you can get a bunch of jewels and it's just like, this is where you come to get it. Well, there's no real rarity. It's honestly like, do I go get them from Jacob? Or do I go across the street and buy them from Jim? But in, 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 in the day in which the Proverbs written by Solomon, he's saying that it, wisdom is more precious than the jewels that the average person don't have. I got them in my temple. Most people don't even have them, right? He's saying, I have everything, but wisdom is worth more than it. it and, it's, and it's to be desired more than, than even the finest gem. If you think about the wisdom of God, and you go to the second line of verse 15, it says that uh, the, the point is that she's more precious than jewels. Nothing you can desire can compare with her. What do you desire? What would you say is precious? What, what, what might be the thing that, you're tre that you treasure, that you hold on to, that you have a, a great desire to maybe even obtain more of? None of that compares to God's wisdom. None of it is more precious in nature and none of it should be held more precious or more treasured by you. God's wisdom is much more than everything that you can imagine. And maybe that even comes to your mind right now. Your jewelry, your job, your house, your car, your cars, your business, your marriage, your family, your, your vacation plans, your travels. God's wisdom is much more valuable than all of it. Maybe even the fact that you do have and can think of about the, the code on the safe that has a 20 pound gold bar in it or your stocks and bonds that are, are worth uh, hundreds of thousands or maybe millions of dollars, whatever it is, right? Or, or the, the race you just got or the car that you just paid off, whatever it is, God's wisdom is worth more than that. And so it should be worth more to us. Whenever something is precious, it's, it's really asking the question about what is it that my heart longs for? What do I treasure? Jesus talked about that, right? The, the, the things that I treasure in my heart are the things that will motivate my actions and my obedience, my allegiance even, my worship even. We need to see wisdom, God's wisdom, as, as infinitely more valuable and more precious than anything else in the world. Here's, here's number three. Wisdom is priceless because of its prosperity. And, and, and say it better, because it results in prosperity. Prosperity is this extension of a fruitful life, extension of abundance, um, has to do with this a, a dignified reputation. So it's not even just material. It's also um, having to do with like what, what you can and will be seen as. 
Wisdom will prosper your life. Wisdom, uh, like Ecclesiastes says, will give you a good name. And a good name is better to be desired than fine perfume. I have a couple perfumes. I got some uh, St. Laurent recently. I love it. It's not a perfume. It's cologne, but you get it, right? I love it. And I don't just spray that anywhere. I don't just go and, and wear that because I'm going out to the gym. That's on a date night, right? That's the one that I spray on because I'm going somewhere uh, that's nice and special. And the, and the pennies that I paid for it make it more valuable to me, right? And I even feel a certain way because I spray it on. Reality is, is that I should feel better about having a reputation and a dignified name and, 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 and being one who is characterized as, as holy and blameless in the sight of the Lord. And I'm going to get that through wisdom. I should be more concerned with that than anything else. In addition to a good name, right? There is that material blessing. And, and I just want to say as an aside, we're not talking about the not so gospel of prosperity. We would never talk that way. We'd never, we would never cheapen God's grace to something that seemingly says that I'm going to have health and I'm going to have wealth and I'm going to have prosperity because of somehow I speak something into faith or I have a, uh, a, a, a certain obedience or whatnot. No, we're talking about just, just like gravity, what God put in his word as wisdom in the world. He says that uh, his right hand and left hand are wide open. Let's go back to verse 16. Long life is in wisdom's right hand and in her life. I'm, I'm sorry, in her left hand are riches and honor. That's why I say it has to do with fruitful life and it has to do with a dignified name and has to do with abundance. But the mention of the re- left and right hand, right? It, it signifies generosity and a willingness and a readiness to give. That God is willing and ready to bless you because you exercise and you seek and you pursue wisdom. Well, there was a time in my life where that wasn't the the person that I was. I was uh, in the mortgage and real estate business, making money hand over fist, spending it faster than I got it. And, you know, the the Bible also talks about specifically in Proverbs uh, about a fool, a fool who 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 is the person who tries to amass things on this earth. And that's the kind of person that I was. So spending money hand over fist and never saving, never investing, even lying to get larger paychecks and commissions and things of that sort. And the deal is, is that it led to my uh, poverty. It didn't lead to my prosperity, even though at, at certain periods of time, I might've had a lot of money in my hand. Well, God's wisdom will prosper you without regret. The blessings of the Lord come without regret is a, is a verse that I, I memorized because it just used to get recited to me by my mother-in-law. Nothing held in wisdom's embrace comes with regret. And it's never a place where you should see that it might be withheld from you as a person who would seek it out. So when God is saying that uh, in, in her right hand and left hand are these this readiness to give and this 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 uh, this willingness to be generous, uh, generous and, and to extend to you a prosperity and grace and an abundance. What he's saying is that you have long life of, available to you. And we know what long life really looks like. It's not just on this earth. But we're talking about extending beyond that. And in her left hand, there's there's this lesser but still valuable uh, gift of physical resources. I just genuinely believe that in, instead of going the way of the world and trying to find uh, prosperity in all the other things that I would pull into myself when I was in mortgage and real estate, when I repented of my sin and turned to God and said, I trust you with my resources. I'm no longer going to be a slave to debts. I'm no longer going to be trying to run out and lie in order to get, to get larger commissions and things like that. God began to meet my needs, give me godless, godliness 
happiness with contentment. And it changed my life. I, the truth of the matter is y'all, I never lived, I have never lived check to check in my life. Like I did when I made 15 to $20,000 on a bad month because I was just spending it like crazy. As I've paused and I've allowed God to manage my finances and I've committed myself to him, then what I've done is I've embraced wisdom and that that caters to an abundance in life. And it caters to uh, dignity and honor and and a beauty, right, that that God is extending to us those things. And he does so graciously. The one who embraces wisdom will live long and you will have plenty to sustain yourself throughout uh, many years, and you will be respected and praised by those in your network of relationships. It's just true. Now, don't put a dollar amount with that, because it might look different in Osawatomie, Kansas, from Ventura, California, to uh, somewhere over, uh, you know, in a, in, a, in a country where it's still developing. The reality is, though, if you trust the Lord, the Bible tells me that through and through, God takes care of us, and he, he, he prospers us, and that if I seek out wisdom, which means that I'm not the one who is a, a, a drunk that makes the check just like I do, but goes out and spends it on what? On, on booze and gambling. And so doesn't have any money. Or if I'm not the individual who would be like, uh, the, the Proverbs also talks about the man who says there's a lion in the street and I, I don't want to go out. And so what he's saying is I, there might be danger there. So I don't want to work. How many of us know people like that right now? Don't want to go back to work because you were getting $600 more on unemployment, right? You guys picking up what I'm putting down, a sluggard, a drunkard, those kinds of persons are the fools. The wise individual says, what does God want from me? And what does God want for me? And goes after that. That's what I'm getting at. Again, I'm not trying to tell you that there's a prosperity gospel there because there is no good news in that false teaching. But I am telling you that God's word and his wisdom will prosper us. Fourth point is that his paths are pleasant and peaceful. That's verse number 17. Her ways are pleasant. They're pleasant ways and all of her paths are peace. You know what pleasant means in Hebrew? It means pleasant. I even looked it up in Aramaic, right? It means pleasant. I I went ahead and just said, well, what about the Greek? It means pleasant. God's ways really are pleasant, delightful, beautiful. There's favor. And peace is not just like the absence of animosity, but it's a complete peace, a complete security, a a completeness of shalom. We talked about this even last uh, December. God's ways and wisdom and his paths are said to be pleasant ways and peaceful ways that do what? That, 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 that extend that into our lives. It describes that we're, 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 we're uh, sustained and we have direction and it's free from uh, a bunch of consequences or things that would uh, cause us to be in a place that we have a journey that's full of strife. No, the journey of faith when you exercise wisdom is a journey of faith that is characterized by peace and pleasantry. When he talks about these ways and paths, it describes the substance and the direction of a person's life. Well, how do you get that? How do, how do, you, how do you see that your life will be pleasant and, and peaceful? How do you get on that path? I'm glad you asked. What about the only verse that you know by heart in Proverbs chapter three? In all your ways, acknowledge him and he'll direct your paths. 
The reality is, is that we've been told not to be the people in Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 that would, that would go about doing our own thing anyway. We've been told to be the ones who would seek God for wisdom, who would look to him for direction, and he will be the one who make our, makes our path straight. He'll be the one who directs us. He'll be the one who goes before us. And so when you think about that, don't lean on your own understanding is a, is a call negatively to lean on God's understanding, which wisdom is likened to understanding. Another place in Proverbs, just by memory, (laughs) it is wisdom is the principal thing. And in all your gaining of it, get an understanding. Wisdom and understanding, they go together. And so we can find uh, a pleasant and a peaceful life and direction if we go to God for his wisdom. Here's our fifth point. Wisdom is priceless because it holds the power of life. And this, my friends, is where we want to close. She's a tree of life, verse 18 says, to those who take hold of her. Those who hold her fast will be blessed. A tree of life, again, sustenance. What do you know about the tree of life? It refers to wisdom being personified to to that tree that sustained Adam and Eve in the garden. The tree that we even know, not just is in the first garden, but is in the new heaven and new earth, right? The image of that tree is the one that uh, gives us this, uh, God provides for me, he sustains me, and I have life, and I have it in an abundant manner. Well, here's the deal. Wisdom is personified as the tree of life that gives life. A tree symbolizes long, fruitful life. You drive up and down Victoria, you drive down Telephone, you see some of these trees with roots that are out. In fact, I was standing in front of Cafe Nouveau and I asked my wife, how would you explain that to somebody? And we pointed across the street. If you're ever driving down Thompson there, you look across the street. The roots on the tree are extending almost to the height of the roof of the house across the street. How long has that tree been standing? You look at some of the figs, look at the one out at the park just uh, down the down the way. And it's one of the oldest trees in Ventura. The roots extend down and it's been there for almost 200 years. And it's just like this gigantic, gigantic tree. And it, and, and it just is, it's immovable, right? It has this, uh, this way about it that just seems like there's nothing that's going to come against that that would destroy it. Wisdom gives us that kind of life and life and sustained sustains us that way. But here's another thing that you should know about trees. When was the last time you saw a tree running down the street after somebody trying to shade them or feed them? They don't. Trees are stationary. When we're told that wisdom does this for us, it gives life to those who take hold of her and those who hold fast to her will be blessed. What we're being told is that we have to actually have a pursuit of wisdom. We have to go after her. We have to take hold. Take hold means I'm going to prize. Now you're going back to that treasure thing. Now it's something I'm going to do. She's precious. And so she's going to be precious to me, right? Wisdom is profitable. So I'm going to take hold of, of, of her. What we've been given is This imagery that if we take possession and we prize wisdom, then we will have life. Well, wisdom, friends, is in Jesus Christ. Wisdom isn't just in uh, the, 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 the Proverbs, a couple that I read today. If in them, I don't see the Lord Jesus Christ, who God sent to the world as the Messiah. 
Verse 19 and verse 20 of this same proverb say, by wisdom, the Lord laid the earth's foundation and by understanding, he set the heavens in place. By his knowledge, the watery depths were divided and the clouds let the drop do. Progressive revelation has told us that God created the world through Jesus Christ, personified as wisdom, personified as the word. Hebrews 1 says long ago he spoke, right, through the prophets, but today he's spoken to his son by, by which or through whom he created everything. John chapter 1 tells us that the word is the one who was with God and who is God. And so the thing is, is that the Proverbs has even given us a prophecy to the fact that Jesus Christ is the wisdom that we should pursue. It's not that we should pursue wisdom because it in and of itself is precious. No, but it's because who Jesus is is precious. Is because he's the one who prophets us. He's the one who we should prize. In the entrance of the Rockefeller Center in New York, there's um, four banners, there are four paintings. And on these four paintings, they have kind of a progression of what the human race in industry has looked like. The first painting is a painting of a primitive man who's working with his hands. And he's basically struggling to get through uh, society. He's trying to survive, but it's an alien environment is what you pick up. In the second scene, he's become a creator. And so now he has tools, he has comforts, and there's some civilization that's multiplying. And it seems like he's now beginning to kind of subdue the earth a little bit. The third mural shows a man who has mastered both his craft and he's also mastered society. And so now he's, he's just serving a machine. The machine is doing everything for him. And you see that material and, uh, and just the, the temporal world is now under his control. And it, it's like the advancement of technology. And then there's a fourth banner again in the Rockefeller center in New York. Some of you have already seen this. The last picture shows Christ delivering a sermon on a mount. And up toward him are struggling masses of men and women and children, boys and girls underneath the mural. These are the words that are inscribed there. Man's ultimate destiny depends not on whether he can learn new lessons or make new discoveries or make new conquests, but on his acceptance of the lessons that was taught to him more than 2000 years ago. In the Rockefeller Center, wisdom is personified as Jesus Christ and there's no greater wisdom, there's no greater place. And it is absolutely true that it doesn't matter where you might find the wisdom in what kind of books you read or the kind of training that you've received. It doesn't matter what might be precious to you. You should be looking and seeing that wisdom is priceless because of the person that it represents, right? It's profitable and it's precious. Why? Because he is the son of God. He's, he's not just anyone. Jesus Christ is the son of God. He's the sinless. He's the spotless lamb of God, who is the sacrificial lamb of God, who takes away the sin of the world. The prosperity that we get is that second Corinthians five 21 tells us that God gave us his life and he took our life, right? I can't prosper in anything other than that, that there has been a literal exchange. He made him who knew no sin to become sin for us that we might become the righteousness of God. There's no greater prosperity than that. There's no greater peace. Romans 5 and 1 tells us, therefore, we now have peace with God through the Lord Jesus Christ. We're enemies of God. And so if you think about it, the peace, the prosperity, right? The, 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 the pleasantry in life and, and the profitability, all those things come together in Jesus. This is the gospel. And this is why wisdom is, is the principal thing. This is why we ought to give ourselves to the pursuit of it. And this is why it's priceless. You can't value it. And so friends, let me encourage you go to the word, but go to the word seeking Jesus Christ, seek wisdom in seeking the word. Yes, but seeking him 
Allow God to open your eyes to how precious he is, that your heart will begin to treasure him and that you begin to desire him over against any and everything. Let's pray. Father, thank you for uh, this half hour, the time that we've been able to spend just thinking about these things um, has been a blessing to us. I pray, Lord, that as this sermon is broadcast over the Internet and um, carried into homes and that it is uh, delivered to the Anthem folks and maybe even others, that it would be one that edifies your church and that it might even fall into the hands of those who have never considered these things and that it would lead them to worshiping Jesus Christ and seeking him as they seek wisdom. It's in his name we pray. Amen.